Facebook and Pinterest are going to be great places where you can look up anything that you want to do and figure out how to get started. My other piece of advice would be don't be afraid. Um, I know that's easier said than done, but you know, it, it is your life and you deserve to live it exactly how you want to. Um, I'm always so in awe of the other hockey wives and significant others that I come across and see, you know, what kind of things they're doing, whether it's just to keep themselves busy or to help um, contribute to their family. For me, this lifestyle has allowed me to, um, you know, kind of step into my power and take ownership for living a life that I want to live. And I think we are all, all capable of that. What gets us through this crazy hockey journey is our amazing community of women. Inspired by our online network, Breaking the Ice is a platform created to connect us even more as we share our stories, our passions, our tips, tricks, do's and don'ts for all things hockey, and so much more. For hockey expats, by hockey expats. So lace them up and tune in for a new episode every Wednesday. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Our episode this week is about finding your passions and keeping yourself busy during the hockey season, so to speak. This episode is coming at a great time because we're starting off our first Fridays this Friday. I'm a big fan of shopping small and supporting girls in our community, so I wanted to give you guys some opportunities to share what your businesses are all about. If you miss what First Friday actually is, it's an Instagram story takeover, so similar to what we do with the Travel Tuesdays, and it's going to be happening on the first Friday of each month. And I'm super excited about the first three ladies that I have scheduled for it. They're going to be popping on here, talking about their business, how they got started, any setbacks they've had. There's going to be interactive tools where you can ask them questions, as well as services or products that they offer, and special discount codes just for our podcast community. Since you guys are listening to this episode, I am going to spoil who is doing the first Friday this week, and I'm super excited to announce that it's my good friend Dana Alexic. I know she's come up several times in this podcast, and a lot of you guys know her from Instagram or from doing her home and hit programs. Dana and I actually play together here in Grot. She's one of my really good friends, and she is so passionate about her career. She is one of the most hardworking people that I know, and she was actually my very first episode. So if you missed that one, Make sure to go back and check it out. She talks about how she went from working as a full-time meteorologist, which she went to school for, and she left that job to move to Italy with her now husband. But in the meantime, she kind of struggled with not having anything to do. And ultimately, she wound up starting her own fitness business where she creates home and hit programs with one starting up in the middle of this month. She also specializes in prenatal and postnatal care, which being pregnant for me has been really hard to find exercises online to do. So make sure to follow along on Instagram this Friday and she'll be sharing all things business and also offering a special discount for her upcoming program. I am super excited about the episode today. It's filled with a lot of great resources. We talk about getting a visa as a girlfriend and many tips about starting your own career or finding jobs in the summertime, or in your season city. Katie Anderson, who is the girlfriend of William Rapuzzi, who plays in Dornburn in the Ice Hockey League, so which, by the way, this is the new name for the Ebel in Austria, 
is joining me today. And I felt like it was talking to an old friend. She was really, really easy to talk to. She had a lot of good advice and tips. And on Instagram last week, I put up on my stories wanting to know how many of you have started your own business. And it was split 50-50 between I have and I want to. I then asked that if you haven't, but you want to, what's holding you back? And the answers were split between I don't know where to start, everything has been done already, and I don't know what I want to do. I feel like I personally fell a little bit into each category. My 10-year goal is to own my own yoga studio, but obviously that's not really anything I can do until hockey is over and we're settled down somewhere. But I have struggled with what I can do during the hockey season that will make me happy and help bring in some income. It seems to be that the jobs I find where I can work from home just don't personally align with me and my personality. I like to be creative and so it's kind of an ongoing struggle for me and just to find something that fits that I want to actually do. I'm just sharing that because I'm sure some of you can resonate with that fully. Katie offers some great tips on here on ways to get started. And we also talk a little bit about imposter syndrome. If you don't know what that is, it's actually can be defined as a collective of feelings of inadequacy that persists despite evident success. So it can happen just from seeing like other people and seeing how successful other people are in their business. But it's a really good reminder to just think that you cannot compare your year one to somebody's year 10, right? Like we just can't compare ourselves to other people and where they're at in their business. We have to really focus on ourselves and find what makes us happy and celebrate those little accomplishments. So I hope that you enjoy this episode today and I hope that you find it as a good resource as you kind of navigate what you want to do career-wise if that is in the cards for you in our hockey worlds. Katie, thanks so much for coming on the podcast today. There is always so much talk on career and people wanting to have something on the side, going for themselves while they're moving all over the world. And I'd love to hear a little bit about your background, your work experience, and where you were at career-wise in your life before you met your boyfriend. Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on today. Um, I really appreciate everything that you've done for this community and and for starting this podcast. Um, I think it's been so helpful. I know for me and I'm sure for so many others as well. Um, Let's see, where did I start? So I, William and I, um, we are from the same hometown. We went to the same middle school, same high school. Um, had a lot of the same friends, same friend group. And then, um, you know, I left for college, he left for college. There was no relationship or anything of the sort, no thought of that. Um, I went to ASU for school and I lived there for six years. Um, I got my degree and then I worked in uh, a corporate position for three years I got burnt out super fast. Um, You know, I was doing shift work anywhere from 10 to 11 hour shifts. And then on top of that, I was commuting 100 miles round trip a day. Mm. So (laughs) I was exhausted to say the least. And I just knew that it wasn't, um, it wasn't my thing. So I kind of always had, um, 
a, a goal or a desire to own my own business, but I had no idea, you know, in what capacity that would look like or what the, I would even be doing. Um, fast forward, I quit my job. Uh, I was prepared to move to Seattle at the time and just kind of do something different, but I didn't have anything like lined up or set in stone. I didn't have a job. I didn't have a lease. I was just like, I need, you know, I need a change. So, um, in the meantime, before moving to Seattle, I went home for a month and that's kind of when William and I really reconnected, started dating. And he basically said, you know, well, would you want to come with me to Europe instead or something along those lines? And I said, hell yeah, like, why not? You know? (laughs) Um, so I went with him again. I had no idea what that was going to be like for all I knew. I was like, this could be a disaster and I could be home in a month. And then, but if that's the case, you know, then I'll move to Seattle a little bit later. Not a big deal. So of course it's been a little bit over three years now going on my fourth season. Um, I spent my first season in Norway and I just vegged out, watched Netflix, did me, (laughs) It was so fun, but I quickly realized like I need I need something else. I need something for me. I can't just, you know, cook and clean all day and work out. So um I kind of started looking into jobs and online jobs. All of the online jobs I spent so much time applying for online jobs and everything was um it I was either super overqualified or super underqualified. So finally, I came across virtual assistant work. Um, I bought like a cheap course, figured out what I needed to do, how I needed to market myself a little bit, and basically just everything that I needed to do to get started. Um, And then, yeah, I went for it. And I kind of started out as a very general admin, kind of broad virtual assistant, you know, just trying to find find any client that I could work for. but in the past two years that I've been doing it, I've really been able to niche down, figure out who I want to work with, who I work best with, what I'm best at. And yeah, now I'm here. And I've also had the opportunity to, to work some summer jobs, um, uh, as well as work overseas um, when, when the hockey season is going on. So I kind of have, uh, I've, I've had my hands in a few different pots, I would say. Wow. How do we even unpack that? That's just like, (laughs) oh my gosh. Okay. So you were in the corporate world, decided this is not for me. So when you wanted to move to Seattle, you just, you didn't really know what you wanted to do, but you were just wanting to make a move, like a lifestyle change. Okay. Yeah. And I had some friends that were in Seattle. So I was like, I'll go there. Gotcha. And then Europe comes ringing at your door. Why not take it? And you knew him before, right? So it wasn't like... Yeah, which I think was super helpful because, you know, my family was super supportive. My friends were super supportive. And I don't know how well that would have been received if it wasn't somebody that like I had, you know, obviously we weren't close or anything, but it was still somebody that I knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't it you comfortable. Know, I, I wasn't going in completely blind. So I think that was super helpful. <laughs> One date in. Sure, why not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, I think I'm pretty sure um, they played together in Idaho, right? Yes. Like yeah, for, a, for like a hot second. 
Yeah, he played one season in the ECHL and then the last, I think this will be his seventh year in Europe. And I was trying to figure out when that was because I think like our paths must have just, were you guys dating at that time? No, we weren't. Okay, so it was after. But yeah, I'm trying to think of, do you know what year that was? Um, Maybe 2014. Okay. Okay. So maybe that's right when I met Charlie. Anyways, <laughs> I was trying to figure it out. <laughs> I'm like, okay. We just missed each other. <laughs> yeah. No, that was before my time. That is amazing that you're able to like do a course and then apply it to your life. Did you start off working for another company doing virtual assistant before you started your own business doing that? No, I started, I, I went straight into doing my own thing. I built a website and launched it. Um, and just went right on on my own. I announced on Facebook what I was doing so that my family and friends there could kind of see. I started a um, business Instagram. But that being said, and and I can go into this more uh, later, but yeah. yeah, you don't have to go out on your own. I know that's not, that's really daunting and um, not for a lot of people and you want to get experience in other ways. There, you totally have the option to you know, work under someone or find a company that's going to, that that might make those um, finding work a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I I actually love to backtrack a little bit and start off talking about how to get a working visa um, yes. in order to stay over ninety days when you are a girlfriend. Because I know a lot. Actually, a lot of people have asked that to do a topic on this. So I think it's perfect yeah. that you've had that experience and you can share a little bit about that. When you decided that you were going over to Europe, were you immediately like, "I need to get a job," or were you like, "Cool, I'll, I'm just gonna chill there." And then you realized it halfway in or how, like, what was your mindset going into it? So when we, so the first season, we only were there for four months. William signed super late. So I did, I, it was not on my radar at all. Um, it actually did not be like come on to my radar until uh, this last season when we went to Austria because in, and you know, I don't know if this is exactly a team thing or um, a country thing. I, well, I think it is a country thing, but you know, every team in every league, every country is very different. But to mm-hmm. my understanding in Austria, you like as a girlfriend, they will not attach you to your significant other's visa. Right. So yeah. I think that's, that's when right. I was And like, also like sidebar, I'm pretty sure you have to have like a college degree or else you have to yes. take a German course. Yes. Even I, if you're I married. That's right as well. Mm-hmm. Nine um, donkey. <laughs> <laughs> so that's when I was like, okay, well, this year, I guess if I want to go with him, I'm going to have to figure something out. So luckily in my situation, there had been a couple other girls that had been in our city and had found work. And so that was super helpful. Um, they told me everything that I needed to do, who I needed to reach out to. And, um, I worked for, and I'm, I'm going back there this year. I worked for a company called Inlingua and basically they, it's, it's a company that teaches English. Um, and there are Inlinguas all over. And if there's not an, an Inlingua near you, there's probably some kind of company that does offer English courses. Um, 
so I highly recommend, you know, if this is something that you're interested in to like search in lingua near, like in lingua in whatever city or town you are going to be in. Is that online or is that you actually go in somewhere? So you go in and they teach you their methodology. They teach you how to do everything. And then from there, like they helped me get my visa set up. And the nice thing is that it's super, at least where I'm at, it's super part-time. They'll call me if they, if and when they have a class. And usually it's like 90 minute classes um, once a week for 12 weeks. Okay. So it's super, I mean, and you can say yes or no to as many classes as you want. Like I said, in my area, there's not like a ton of work, but quite frankly, for me, that's nice because I do have another job. But there's, there's in linguas all over. Yeah, I've never heard of that one before. I've heard of um, like VIPKID or VIP Kid. Yeah, yeah, VIPKID is online. Um, there's some other ones that people have posted about. Um, but yeah, that's cool. I mean, it's, did you meet people through that as well? Yeah, I did. There, I've met a couple other, um, I've met people from London um or the UK there's another girl from the US there so that was kind of a great way to meet other expats outside of the team especially because there was not a ton of girlfriends or wives last year mm-hmm. um the other thing though that you can do is facebook groups you know our facebook group is a great the expats mm-hmm. hockey expats is such a great resource and like I said, it's obviously super, super helpful if somebody has been in your position before and, and been on that team, but you're not always going to have that, right? So right. Um, my other suggestion would be to look for an expat Facebook group for like your town. So for us, um, there is like, so Vorarlberg is like our state. I don't know what state growth. I don't, I don't even know if they're called states, but for us, there's like an expats in Vorarlberg mm-hmm. or you could do expats in Paris, expats in, you know, whatever town you're in. And that's another good, a good resource for meeting people. Um, and B for finding jobs. Usually there's always expats looking for jobs. And then I think you can also do, you know, you can also search like jobs, expat jobs in my area. Yeah. But there's, you know, I just feel like those Facebook groups are going to be, there's going to be more people um, in a similar situation to you and you're going to find more opportunities. Yeah. That's funny that you bring that up because I was literally just talking to my friend Hannah about this day. She told me that there's a Facebook group called like women of Graz and it's literally a Facebook group for English speaking expats that live in Graz and there's like 800 girls in it and she was like that's amazing yeah and she was like you might want to check it out because there's I've seen a lot of posts about pregnancy and just like the hospital and COVID and there's stuff about like yoga in there and I so I went and I checked it out today and there was like someone posted an event that said yoga, like English speaking yoga class and all this stuff. And I'm like, wow, this really just opened my eyes to a whole new realm. Because I think if you 
don't have groups. I mean, it's just social media is amazing in that sense. But even like I've tried to find English speaking fitness classes because I'm a little bit like shy to go to a German speaking fitness class. And um, yeah, I was looking at it. I'm like, this is so awesome because yeah, there's just so many people living here that are probably in the same boat and they don't really start and have questions. So that's a really, really good idea. Yeah. I, I am like a Facebook group fanatic. I'm in so many different Facebook (laughs) groups, but like I said, like, I just think that if you go, you can, you can look further outside and I think you're going to be able to find so many more people and, um, just so many others in your situation that you're not always going to get from our group. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And, and that's not to say like, if you are a girlfriend, I have heard of teams getting visas for girlfriends. Um, it just depends. And you have to ask the team and most likely you have to get it in your contract because if it's not in the contract, they'll say tough luck kind of. And, um, like the, our first season going overseas, we were just engaged. Um, but they got me a visa because I made sure it was in the contract and I knew that just based on our expat group. So I think it is possible, but it's not. Oh yeah. No, totally. I, especially I know like in Germany, it's super easy. I think a lot of teams get, um, are able to, to get put girlfriends on their significant others visas. Um, so yeah, like it is totally team dependent, league dependent, mostly team dependent and or country dependent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I don't know if you saw my little polls I posted on Instagram today, but I asked if people, if they did have a working visa, if they would actually go out and get an in-person job in the country. And I was curious what you thought about that. If you were not teaching English, do you feel like you would be comfortable going and getting a job like at the mall or something like that? I think yes and no. I guess it just depends on on what the job would be and where it would be at. I'm I'm I would never be opposed to or opposed to getting any kind of job if I didn't have, you know, my virtual assistant business or if I wasn't teaching English. I would absolutely go and get an in-person job. Um you you know, there's just sometimes qualifications that you have to have. Mm-hmm. But I would certainly not be opposed to it. Another um, good option, I think, to look into, especially depending on where you're at, would be hotels. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a good idea. Never yeah, hotels. And then the other thing, again, depending on where you're at, what kind of town you're in, but seasonal jobs, um, like we are maybe a 45-minute to an hour-long train ride away from St. Anton or like smaller little ski resorts, you know, that are always hiring seasonally for, um, for the, the ski season. Mm-hmm. And there's always expats working there. Yeah. That's such a good idea. Wow. You should totally do that. <laughs> well, you have yeah. your business yeah, now, that so you really probably don't fun. have as much time, but that would be really fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, and then moving into finding summer work in your hometown that kind of fits our lifestyle. I personally have struggled to find jobs that will hire me for three months. And there's this guilt aspect where when I'm applying for this job, I'm like, okay, I know I'm going to be here for three or four months, but I'm pretending I'm going, this is going to be my calling. Right. So like you're in this interview and you know, you're leaving and you feel really guilty 
And then you keep having to have those same conversations with these people in the summer, or like, you know, you just keep getting jobs and then you have to be like, oh yeah, we wound up signing and we're leaving and it's yeah. just a whole facade. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's something like I'm so sick of doing. Um, and like, it's just, it's kind of a tricky thing because you're like, okay, who's going to hire me? And like, what's a job that's going to make me happy right temporarily you know full or part-time doesn't matter what it is mm-hmm. um, so what are some jobs that you have found and like do you have any tips for that yeah so um again this is not necessarily going to be to work for everyone and in every every state or every area that you live in but um in alaska our tourism season is the summertime so I don't know what the employ the increase in employment is as far as seasonal jobs, but tourism for us is huge. So there really are a ton of seasonal jobs that coincide exactly with the, um, the hockey season. So my, my first suggestion would be seeking out those seasonal kinds of jobs. What is seasonal in your town, city, state? that you might be able to do. Um, and then, you know, again, utilizing Facebook, Facebook groups, um, Craigslist is a little creepy these days, but you can still (laughs) find, find jobs that are out there. Um, bartending, waitressing, those are also seasonal jobs that you can do in the off season. Um, I have even had girlfriends that are nurses that are able to find off-season work as a nurse. Um, And, you know, they can be honest, this is my situation. Um, And, you know, they might not be getting paid the, you might not be getting paid the same amount as you would be um, if for, you know, for a nurse, if you're working in a hospital environment or in my situation, if I was just working a full-time salaried job. But at the end of the day, it is still work that still works on, um, it works with the lifestyle. So just, you know, it does require, I I think this whole lifestyle requires thinking out of the box occasionally. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you might not be, for me, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go back to this hourly job. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was like, really not looking forward to it, but it ended up being so much fun. I worked with so many amazing people. Um, so yeah, I think you do just kind of have to be willing to try something a little bit different or, um, you know, this lifestyle isn't going to last for forever. So I always think like, you know, if I do want to go back to a corporate kind of job where I, my insurance is paid for and everything else, which I realize is a U.S. thing, but, um, (laughs) Like I said, this lifestyle is not going to last for forever. So being able to step outside your comfort zone every once in a while um, to make it work can be, you know, helpful and beneficial and is going to benefit you in the end. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think that's, that's kind of something I'm guilty of because I like, I don't know, just going into a job now, I'm like, 
I don't want to do it if it's not something I love, you know? And, yeah. I, and I have to remember that it's just temporary. Like I'm home mm-hmm. for the summer. I, I'm not looking for a full like career lifestyle at home in my summer city right now. And so, yeah, like what you said, I think that you just have to sometimes make something work because I do like, I want to help. I want to contribute, but sometimes it's hard because you just don't know really where to go and where to start. I yeah. think even like, if you're living abroad, like a great thing to do, if, if possible is look into getting, um, like a fitness certification. And when you go home, you can start doing that on the side. That's just something to get out of the house or meet people. Um, that's like, I teach yoga in the summer. I didn't last summer just because, or this past, actually we're kind of still in the summer, but I didn't this past, (laughs) like what year is it? Um, just with COVID and everything, but it's, it's nice to just have because I can always go back to it. It's always something that you can do. Yeah. So there's little things. I mean, just taking a cup, you know, five to 10 hours a week to look into things or certifications you can get that you can maybe apply back in the summertime. A hundred percent. I don't know. I'm thinking like maybe real estate or just, you know, anything really. Yes. There, I mean, oh man. So first of all, we all have different definitions of success and, you know, maybe being a stay at home mom is success to you, or maybe, maybe you want to be a self-made millionaire and that, you know, that's the path to success that you're on. Maybe you want to be an influencer. Like these are all fine and perfect definitions of success. As long as you're feeling in alignment with you and your definition of success today can be different than your definition of success or happiness tomorrow or a month from now or a year from now or five, five years from now. Like we're meant and made to evolve and change and grow. Mm-hmm. And I truly believe that there's like, there's no industry that's too oversaturated. If you're passionate of enough about something, if you want to create a fitness and wellness brand, you can do that. If you want to be a real estate agent, you can do that. Like, Mm-hmm. I, I just really believe that um, you, you can make your own life happen in exactly whatever way you want it to be. And, you know, don't sleep on your own skills and talents. Something that just has keep coming up, like coincidentally, in like a lot of podcasts recently, but social media is so oversaturated and you see so much of the same thing. So with social media being oversaturated, it's almost like we feel imposter syndrome, you know, where you're like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. Like I'm not as established as these people, or this is already so overdone. There's no way I can jump in right now and apply this or like start this. But every person is so different and has different things they can bring to the table. And that's what makes your business unique and creative. A hundred percent. I could not agree more with that. So moving into your business, what made you interested in being a virtual assistant and what are the steps that you initially took to research that? So I spent a ton of time on Pinterest and for a while it was, you know, searching work from home jobs, jobs that you can do from anywhere. Um, And eventually I stumbled upon um, virtual assistant work, how to become one, um, what you need to do, things that you can offer, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, 
then I found a course. I, I, you know, I did a little bit of research, um, compared some courses. Again, I found Facebook groups, um, where there's people of all different levels coming into this new, you know, into the online space and offering their skills and talents. Um, and then I took a course and I built a website. I announced, you know, to my face, my own Facebook, uh, my friends and family, family that I was doing, I, I was a virtual assistant. Now, these are the services that I'm offering, et cetera, et cetera. And I had several people reach out almost immediately, which was super nice. Oh, um, the other thing, there's always job postings within these Facebook groups. Um, so that's a good way to find those. But I think just like establishing yourself within a community, um, I typically turn to Facebook, but there are other options out there. Instagram, Instagram is another, another good one. Find somebody that kind of aligns with you. That's what I did. I found a coach um, and a course creator that I, I really looked up to and, and liked. And now um, with the help of her, I've been able to grow my business. What are some of those Facebook groups? Do you have the names of any of those that you would suggest? Yeah. So again, I think it's just like virtual assistant is such an all encompassing term. Um, but like you can offer so many, like there's so many different skills and opportunities that you can offer. And I'm just going to name off a few so that you have a good, a uh, good understanding, but like financial support, bookkeeping, um, you know, social media management is a super popular service these days. Um, if you have any kind of design skills, which you can also learn these things. Um, there's a lot of free resources for learning, um, email and inbox management, customer and community support, podcast management and course launch support. Um, the list can go on, but basically you can take you can leverage or learn just about any skill and take it to the virtual or online space and create success with it. Um, the Facebook groups. So depending on, you know, if you're just wanting to be a virtual assistant, um, you can do, there's virtual assistant savvies, but if you just type in virtual assistant into your uh, search bar, so many different options, or if you know, you have a background in, finance or you're a CPA or, um, you're good at bookkeeping or things of that nature. Same thing. Put type in bookkeeping into the, that Facebook group bar. That's awesome. And I, that's so cool that you got clients right away. I feel like, when was it? Like, I think last fall I decided to start my own business and I, mm -hmm the last several months I've decided, okay, I need to really figure out like what aligns with me right now, because I think I kind of like threw everything into this. And then I found myself getting really discouraged. Um, yes. so I think like taking a course is a really good idea just to get some business experience because my background is not in business. And mm -hmm. something that I noticed that I was doing was selling myself short. I've had like, let's see, probably eight years of social media experience doing Instagram, all of that stuff. I've done so many internships, but then when it came to starting my own business and people would ask for my pricing and I would give it to them, I wouldn't hear back. And then I started 
offering my services at like such a discounted price that I was like undervaluing myself. And then when I was working with people, I was like, I'm so over this. I'm putting so much time in. I'm getting paid nothing. Like, how have you navigated that? Like, and I think that just kind of circles back for me with imposter syndrome, right? Like I was like, oh, well, I'm just starting out. So I don't want to charge them a ton of money. Yeah. Well, first of all, I just want to say I can relate to that on so many, like so deeply. Um, I definitely had uh, those feelings. You know, when I first started, I I had already made a commitment to go back to my full-time summer job. Um, and so when I did that, I, the growth of my business was, uh, put on hold, you could say, I guess. Um, I still was working with the clients that I had, but I was not working on the systems and processes that were going to make my business better and grow it. So then when my seasonal job did end and we went back to the hockey season, I was kind of in a period of um, very stagnant. Like I didn't want to, I, I, I kind of didn't have a drive anymore to, to make my business better. I was just kind of like, well, I have my clients and I'm making a little bit of money and I'm content with that. But that's kind of like what I was saying earlier, you know, um, your, your definition of success today can be different tomorrow and a week down the road and a month down the road and a year down the road that can always be changing. So for the last like two months or so I've experienced exponential growth in my business and I'm feeling so revived and I've niched down and um, really tailored who I want to work with. And I'm, I'm content. Now I am on a, I I am in a season of growth and and changing. And um, yeah, like I said, you just have to be, you just have to be aware of where you're at. If you are in a place of being stagnant and not moving, that's okay that's okay. I'm going to go through more seasons of those. You're going to go through more seasons of those. Mm -hmm. Um, but you're also going to have these phases where you are experiencing growth and you are feeling revived and ecstatic about your business. Yeah. What, where are some places that you've found clients and work besides Facebook or is that primarily where you found most of your clients? That has been, so I, I'm super lucky that as of lately, I have um, gotten a lot of word of mouth referrals, but in these, some of these Facebook groups, and I can actually send some to you, um, if you want to share them, but, um, once you kind of find, you know, somebody that you like, um, whether it be a coach or another virtual assistant, don't be afraid or, you know, whatever field you want to be in, don't be afraid to reach out to those people and ask them, you know, what they're doing. I am an open book and I am happy to share my story or my, you know, things that I like, people that I like, people that I would recommend with anybody. So I, you know, I can give my email and my social handles if anybody ever wants to reach out. But, um, you know, once you find a Facebook group, there's always job postings. I know there's a few coaches that I've worked with, um, and I'm on their email list or in their database. So they send out weekly, um, job postings, which is super, super helpful. So, so, and there's always a link to apply. Um, or, and like I said, in another group, I, I, I'm now in a database. So, um, there's people that are, are looking for, 
for virtual assistants and they can go and look in that database and they might come across me. Yeah, I love the idea of a business coach and I've heard of them. What are some things that they have kind of told you that have has helped you directed to where you are now? Um, for me, hiring a coach, the, the biggest thing is it holds me accountable. Um, and then it also kind of increases my confidence. So it's somebody to talk to and ask questions to on a regular basis. Um, and then they just have, they have so much more skill. They've been in, in the business for so much longer than me. And they've, they've gone through these seasons of growth and change and, they've niched down, they've changed their skills, they've changed their offerings. Um, they've done it all. So just having that help, I think is super helpful. And like, you know, there's, there's so many courses and coaches out there. So I just think the big thing is finding someone that aligns with you. Um, you don't have to spend even $100 to get started, you know? Um, mm -hmm the cost, the startup costs are so minimal. So I bought like a super cheap course when I first started. And then as I have made more money, I've been able to invest a little bit more into myself and into, um, more expensive coaches and programs, but, um, you don't need very much at all to get started. Yeah. I think working for yourself is something I've learned that I've needed because over the years I keep, I would have these jobs that I would enjoy and I liked the people I was working with, but mm -hmm. I kept finding myself unhappy. I'm like, what is this? Like, why do I keep, cause it's not the job exactly. But then I realized it was really just working for someone. Even if I liked them and respected them, it was like, I don't think this is for me. Do you feel like yeah. you could go back to working for another person? Or are you like, no. <laughs> At this point in my life, no, definitely not. Because I'm with you. Like, you know, when I did have these jobs, when I was working for someone else, I just had like such FOMO if I had to miss out on something or if I couldn't go somewhere, I felt almost trapped. And, you know, at the end of the day, I didn't love those jobs. So I mm -hmm. think that if I wanted to, I could find a job that felt more aligned more in alignment with my life and what I want. Um, but at this point in time, no, I do not see myself <laughs> going back to uh, working for someone else. You want to employ others now. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. And that is something that's on my radar. So, um, you know, and I've seen other women do this as well. Um, I, of course, are the hockey expats Facebook group would be the first place I would offer something like that. Um, because I would of course just love to give someone else, um, an opportunity. You decided to make this your career. Was that something that made you happy right away? Or is it, was it like a trial and error for a bit until you really found what worked for you? It's definitely trial and error. And, it, and it's always going to be trial and error. Um, I got really lucky. One of my first clients, I started out with her doing just super, super basic tasks. And there are things that, you know, like email inbox and management, reading somebody else's emails. It sounds really boring to some people probably, but 
there's some people that love that. I mm-hmm. loved it. And it was a great way to get started. Um, and then I got really lucky in that, you know, our relationship grew and she, she does have a podcast. So she said, Hey, you know, do you want to try editing this? And she always gave me the opportunity to say no, but I figured, well, yeah, I'll give it a shot. Why not? And then turns out I love editing podcasts. I love, um, managing podcasts, being able to reach out to people to interview and, um, creating the social teasers for that. I love everything around podcast management. So, um, are you trying to tell me something? (laughs) Just kidding. No, (laughs) I know we've talked about this before. (laughs) I've asked you quite a bit of questions. Even for you, you know, maybe that's something that you want to offer as well, because you have had that experience now, or maybe you hate it and it is something that you want to outsource. I love it. I think it's great. But then again, it's like kind of my thing. So I would, I would have to give it some thought to see if that's something I would want to do for someone else. Someone else. Yeah. It's so much fun to do just, you know, and if, if it's something that interests you, you know, you can kind of have some, a social media part in it and then editing and emailing. So you're doing exactly like, it's a aspect of being a virtual assistant, right? Like what you said, it's like a niche, like it's like you found. Exactly. What's another thing that you like to do? I enjoy web design operations support. So anything on the back end, setting up systems, um, anything like basically for me personally, and this is where you have to kind of, um, hash out your core values and and what you want to do. But for me, I love a client, a client hitting a goal is me hitting a goal, right? Mm-hmm. So if a client is, if that means for them, they are able to step away from the computer and, give themselves some, some self-love and some self-care and kind of just take more time to enjoy them, their life, then that's a win for me. Or if, you know, they've been able to grow and they've seen an increase, uh, in revenue because of the help that I have either implemented or, um, you know, done for them, then that's, again, that's a win for me. What are some ways that you've created boundaries in your business? Because I know that's something that can be a little bit tricky when you are working for yourself, um, such as clients contacting you super late at night, or you Mm -hmm. feel like you have to get something done immediately. Yes. And I think it's super, it's, it's more difficult, especially when you first start out, because you probably just want, you're so excited to be working with someone and you're willing to do just about anything. But, um, I love that question on creating boundaries. Um, having an onboarding process and an onboarding document that just goes over all of that. Um, I like to share my, my office hours, um, and when they can expect me to be working on their work, um, just so that there is that boundary. I do allow my clients to text me personally, if that is a preferred method of contact, but a lot of them don't. And I, I've never found a huge issue with that because I do lay out those boundaries and like what my hours are. Um, I do, like I said, I do allow them to, to text me, but if they do, they know they might not receive a text back for 10 to 12 hours, depending on what time it is. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to have to, you know, when I head back to Europe here within the next week or so, I probably will, again, I'm going to have to make some sacrifices. I'm probably going to have to um, schedule some calls that are in the evening time a couple times a week um, for me mm-hmm. just due to the time change. But 
again, to have the, the ability to work for myself and work with the people that I want to work with and build the lifestyle that I want, um, that's well worth it in the end. Being over in Europe, how do you structure your time so that you're able to communicate with your clients? And it, the nice thing is you have, it's almost like you have this extra day to get everything yes, done, right? Exactly. Because it's still it's the middle so of nice. the night. <laughs> you wake up, yeah. and you're like, okay, <laughs> be up for like eight more hours and I can get all this stuff done. But then, you know, it's sometimes people, I, and I guess that's just having communication and saying, okay, I'm in Europe and, you know. Yep. A lot of times I, I have had a couple um, calls with pot new potential clients and um, basically there are, there are people that are looking for someone that to be online between nine to five Eastern time. And, you know, that's for me that that doesn't work. Um, I typically work with people that I can do their work um, or their, their work is not, there's a time constraint, there's a deadline, but I don't have to be online at X amount of time mm -hmm. um, or, or it, during a certain time, I should say. So I typically, I think I will still work, you know, in the morning time for the most part, I'll just have to, um, I might have to schedule a few evening calls. So what's your favorite part about working from home? Getting to wear my yoga clothes all day, every day. <laughs> I guess that could be a double-edged sword, <laughs> but right? I love that. Um, I just, I love that I have, I have control. I'm controlling how much money I'm making and what I'm contributing to. I'm in control of um, my time and my energy. I, you know, I, I just love having, having something that's mine and, and being fully in control of, of that experience. Yeah. And I feel like it's nice too, because then you don't feel tied. Like if you have a break in the hockey season where you guys want to go travel, it's like you make your own schedule so you can yep. like, I already finished all my work. I'm free to go relax on vacation, you know, exactly. instead of being like, oh, I have to be somewhere at nine in the morning. Yep. Yeah. What, um, do you have any like advice you would give to another hockey girl that wants to start their own job, but they're not really sure where to start in terms of like what they want to do? Yeah. Um, my advice would just be, like I said, I'm always a resource. I'm an open book. And I'm, if you are interested in something, even that I don't do, I am happy to, um, to help you out. But Pinterest Pinterest and Facebook are such great resources for, uh, the, the internet is just such a crazy place. Um, <laughs> but oh, Facebook yeah. and Pinterest are going to be great places where you can look up anything that you want to do and figure out how to get started. My other piece of advice would be, don't be afraid. Um, I know that's easier said than done, but you know, it, it is your life and you deserve to live it exactly how you want to. Um, I'm always so in awe of the other hockey wives and significant others that I come across and see, you know, what kind of things they're doing, whether it's just to keep themselves busy or to help um, contribute to their family. For me, this lifestyle has allowed me to um, you know, kind of step into my power and take ownership for living a life that I want to live. And I think we are all 
all capable of that. That is your quote. I feel like (laughs) that was so powerful. Yeah, that's so true. And I think it just takes some time to figure that out. Like you said, you don't have to have it all figured out. It's trial and error. You can, you know, edit, copy, paste how you need to until you figure out what works for you in your life. A hundred percent. Yeah. And it looks different for everyone. Something I love doing, someone else hates doing. You know what I mean? Like some people hate social media and some people love it. And so Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, finding those things and I don't know, maybe making a list of stuff that. List. Yeah, definitely. Think, yes, you can really get down to make a list of things that you value, things that you like to do, things that you enjoy doing, things that you're good at doing. and, and yeah, you know, then think about and figure out how you can, how, how you can use those. Um, not every single hobby has to be, needs to be monetized, but if you have something, a skill, a talent or a desire that you want to share, don't be afraid to share it. I love that. Well, where can people find you if they want to reach out with any questions or, you know, they're, maybe they're interested in going into what you're doing. So the best way to find me is going to be on Instagram. Um, my business account is katiej.va, K-A-T-I-E-J.va. Or um, if you have a more specific, you know, you can always slide into my DMs. Or if you have a more specific <laughs> question or prefer email, um, my email is on my contact page of my website, and that's katiejva.com. Yay. Well, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing all this amazing advice. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I hope that some of that information was helpful. And like I I repeated myself so many times, I am totally an open book and I am here to be a resource and um, will help others in any way I can. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed that episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. See you next week.